Dietz and Watson's been making meats and cheeses the right way since forever. What's that mean? It means never cutting corners, ever. It means cooking, not processing. It means our Virginia brand ham that's cooked to perfection, then twice baked to layer the flavors. It takes more time, but you can taste the difference. We come to work every day to do it the right way, even if it's the hard way. Because if it's not right for us, it's not right for you. Dietz and Watson, it's a family thing since 1939. This is the story of the one. As head of maintenance at a concert hall, he knows the show must always go on. That's why he works behind the scenes, ensuring every light is working, the HVAC is humming, and his facility shines. With Granger's supplies and solutions for every challenge he faces, plus 24-7 customer support, his venue never misses a beat. Call quickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done. This episode is brought to you by Progressive. Most of you aren't just listening right now, you're multitasking. But what if you could also be saving money by switching to Progressive? Drivers who save by switching save nearly $750 on average, and auto customers qualify for an average of seven discounts. So multitask right now. Get your quote now at Progressive.com. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates national average 12-month savings of $744 by new customers surveyed who saved with Progressive between June 2022 and May 2023. Potential savings will vary. Discounts not available in all states and situations. Third and goal from the eight. Wilson in the gun. One back. Piri. Wilson gets the snap. Wilson chase. Wilson escapes the sack. Goes left side of the end zone. It's intercepted. The Texans have it. Jimmy Ward. Houston's going to win. Welcome back, Jimmy Ward. The Texans turn back Denver. Point blank range. And they say no. Three interceptions of Russell Wilson yesterday by the Houston Texans. The defense delivers the win 22-17 over the Broncos. Texans are now 7-5. and five technically on the outside looking in, but there's still five games to go. Oh, well, the Texans beat the Steelers. How are they not above the Steelers? Well, when you have more than two teams at 7-5, and five, there's different tiebreakers that apply. Don't worry about it. You keep playing like you're playing. You're going to be one of the teams that make it. Either the Browns or the Steelers or both are going to slide right out of this thing, and it's going to open the door for the Texans. They're right. playing too well to not ultimately get into the mix, and it's amazing to see them doing it both sides of the ball. They're balanced. They've got two great rookies, maybe offensive and defensive rookie of the year. People are starting to realize Will Anderson. He's everywhere. Maybe. Forget about Jalen Carter. Forget about Devin Witherspoon. All due respect. Will Anderson is the guy who's carrying the day. No doubt about it. You know, we talk about it a lot, right? F up the play stats, all that. Will Anderson's everywhere. A little unpressured on uh, on the quarterback, but the ability to disrupt the run game, his instincts. You know, I talked a little bit about it on my podcast last week. Mike, he's a guy. He's got no regard for his body. He fits that 49ers D'Amico Ryan's type of mold on the defense. Coach, right, uh, we'd like you to run through the wall. No problem, Coach. Here I go. Boom, and he runs through it before you get it out of your mouth, right? The Texans defense, like you said, they won the game. That's where I think it's encouraging for the Houston Texans football team. C.J. Stroud was awesome. He made a ton of big plays. Again, 16 completions for 274 yards. It just tells you when he drops back to pass, they're, they're dropping the hammer on people. But it was a day where, you know, their run game was good, but it wasn't special. They couldn't dominate that way. The Broncos defense that we have seen, right, has been playing well lately. 
They tightened up in the end zone a bunch of times, you know, forced the Houston Texans for three field goals. We haven't seen people do that to Houston. But ultimately, you know, like you said, young guys, C.J. Stroud, Will Anderson, poor Tank Dell broke his leg. That stinks. Who was, you know, a draft pick from last year. But how about last year's draft and Derek Stingley and what he did for the football team, right? I mean, three interceptions in the fourth quarter, all on Russell Wilson, who – had been playing his best football in the clutch moments through this five- or six-game win streak by the Denver Broncos. And this was a Will Anderson tip pass. But great that, adjustment by Derek Stingley right? Jr. to, get to the make ball, that catch. Right? Unbelievable. Ball was like a curveball. Juggles it a little bit, holds yeah. it off the turf. Yeah. Great, great job. They go in, they get the score. That put them up 22-10. to 10. Then, yeah, it feels like Denver's got the momentum back, and Cortland Sutton's running wide open down the middle of the field. What a play by Stingley. Coming, coming over off. from the zone on the other exactly. side. Sees the ball. Undercuts it. Right. That's the cover three, right? Cover three. You, he's you uh, he's got that guys. side of the he's field, and then part. the ball's in the air, and voomp, there he goes. Right. And he looked like the receiver. That's what I asked him about last night. Yeah. The ball skills. He says he's been working on it since he was a little kid. Yeah. Always working on ball skills, because yeah. we see that so many times with defensive backs. We find out why they play defense. Yeah, right. Inevitably. They, right. they, they, they miss, uh, they bounce off their face. Hand eyes, not Yeah, yeah. Right. It's unbelievable to see what he's doing, and then that play at the end of the game. When the Broncos were just, it felt like, oh boy, they're going to do yeah, this. Yeah, it kind of felt do like this. it. They're going to do this. It felt like, oh, they hung around. They hung around. It's twenty-two to seventeen, right? The offense hadn't done anything. Denver, you know, didn't run the ball all that well. Really, when you look at the Denver offensive output, and if you go back and watch the game, I mean, I, the game is really like it's three big passes from Russell Wilson. Now, other than that, Denver didn't do anything on the offensive side of the ball. So that was all there was to really be said about it. And there you went. You went, oh, there goes Cortland Sutton again for another chance for a big pass here. Stingley makes a phenomenal play, showing why they drafted him as the number two pick. And I think we're starting to see, you know, the fruits of that labor, which is, is really cool for them. But, yeah, Houston, complete football team. And I think that's the thing that's encouraging as you continue to watch this. I mean, we've seen the run game come out. We, of course, see C.J. Stroud every week. You know, we've seen special teams at one point of the year. And now we're seeing the defense take over in some big moments. And yeah, they don't win that game yesterday without the defense. And the fact that you held Sean Payton and Russell Wilson to 0 for 11 on third downs, what? I mean, that's pretty special in itself. Complete football team in Houston. And, man, um, I, I want them in the playoffs. I, I think they're fun. They're fun to watch. They fly around the field. And that quarterback, to me, is, is about as fun to watch as anybody in football right now. Unless they get flexed into a Sunday night, Thursday night, or Monday night game, they will have played every game this year at 1 o'clock Eastern on wow. Sunday. This game was supposed to be 4.05. Right. And at first, when it got moved to 1, people were like, oh, that's a slap in the face. No, it was a way to put it in a bigger spot because it would have gotten lost in the whole 49ers Eagles shuffle. It would have been the equivalent of Panthers Bucks yesterday, which yeah, like, that was game only even on in your area. Yeah, right. So this had we we posted a link to the map. Five hundred six sports dot com had the map. Most of the country geographically got to see. Got that. to see. I that saw game. you wrote that. Yeah, yeah, that's cool. So it's good for the Texans, and they get to the playoffs, and everybody will get to see C.J. Stroud and Will Anderson, Nico maybe, Collins. Maybe there will be. Maybe there will be offensive and defensive rookie of the year. C.J. Stroud. Will Anderson, Nico Collins getting it done. It is unfortunate Tank Dell. It was it was obvious when it happened. He got bent backward down near the goal line. Yep. It was obvious he had a serious injury, fractured fibula, expected to be out for the year. But they still like they've still got the they've still got the weapons they because the weapons. CJ Stroud can, is it's just it's I asked Derek Stingley yeah. 
like at what point did the light go off that you could be a playoff team? Because right. none of us believed. Right. They were the first team out yeah. in the AFC this yeah. year. What's the, what's the one team that you're confident has no shot? The Texans. Right. Okay. And, and it's not like that was a hot take. Everybody, right. everybody right. who pays attention to the game would have yeah. said that. He said, the moment we got C.J. Stroud and Will Anderson, that's when I knew. Wow. Wow. I mean, yeah. Listen, by the picks of two and three, you hope it has the effect that we thought it might, that it'll change their organization around. I didn't think it would happen this quickly, right? You know, and and C.J. Stroud, even though I had him in a tier by himself coming out in the draft, he's still blowing me away for what he's doing as a rookie. Will Anderson is probably the most pleasant surprise of the draft. He was a guy that I was a little underwhelmed, and I think a lot of people were when you watched him on film at last year at Alabama. But played a little out of position. I think they made him put on some weight because he had to play a little bit more of a run-stopping role in the Alabama defense last year, where now they're like, hey, lose some weight. All you got to do worry about is get wide and go after the quarterback. They've simplified the game. He's explosive as hell. He's got the instincts and physicality that we talk about. Uh, and, hey, guys, play that, that, that clip again of C.J. Stratton. Because just would like to point that out. One, Nico Collins is slowly butting into one of the better receivers in football, number one, because he can beat you with speed. He's got very good size. He's fearless over the middle. But you see here, I mean, he can run away from you. But this play right here, this is what I, this is CJ Stroud. The pop in the pocket, moves around, moves around, eyes downfield, and gets the ball out of his hands so quickly that Patrick Sertain, who's maybe the best corner in football, can't even react to it. And then this throw here, an in-cut that was, as you heard me say in the viewing room, I think that was no look. It was. I think it was a little bit look over here and do this right down the middle of the field. I'm just I'm, I'm amazed with C.J. Stroud and some of these guys on the Houston Texans and what D'Amico Ryans and Nick Casario have done to turn around that franchise. Well, and D'Amico Ryans bringing that winning yeah. attitude, right. DNA yeah. from the 49ers, the right. that's part of what Derek Stingley Jr. talked about, the belief that they have in themselves the faith that they have in the coaching staff to put them in the right spot at the right time. And it worked yesterday. And the defense asserted itself yesterday and allowed the Texans to end what was a five-game winning streak. Russell Wilson didn't have a single interception during the five-game winning streak, and he had three in the fourth quarter yesterday. Sometimes when the bubble pops, it pops with a bang. Now, the Broncos aren't done. They've got some interesting games coming up. They still could make it. But, boy, that cluster of teams. Do we have the AFC playoff picture? That cluster of teams – And at one point last week, it dawned on me, maybe the three teams with the best quarterbacks are the ones we should be watching, the Texans, the Broncos, and the Bills. Yeah. And right now, all three of those teams are still technically in the hunt. But you couple that with five, six, and seven, who are at seven and five. Steelers lose at home and get embarrassed by the Cardinals. And Kenny Pickett's out two to four weeks. He's going to have surgery today on his ankle that he aggravated yesterday. The Browns are down to Joe Flacco. Who did some good things. Right, right. And maybe maybe he rides it yeah. out the rest of the way. The Colts are the only one that I think maybe would hold one of those three spots just because of that whole Gardner Minshew magic and yeah. nobody expected anything Offense of them. Offense has some other answers. Wouldn't it they be don't have something, to totally depend on him. Would, wouldn't it be something if the AFC South puts three teams I know. in the playoffs? I, it would be. And I don't think it's far-fetched to think that can happen right now. You know, but yeah, I mean, I, I look at it there and go five and six are wide wobbly for sure. And I want to see if they can hold down the fork and Pittsburgh and Cleveland continue to win football games 17 to 14 with underwhelming passing attacks. We'll see where it goes from there. You know, Flacco was good yesterday until a late game interception. Uh, 
But, but yeah, you look at Houston, Denver with Sean Payton and Russell Wilson, and now Buffalo, of course, with Josh Allen. You look at them at the eight, nine, and ten spot, and you go, yeah, they got a legitimate chance. And you know, then the rest of it is, you know, Cincinnati's right there behind them, but with no Joe Burrow, I don't know. They'll be a pain in the butt, but I don't see them making a real run at this thing. So you know, I look at those top ten teams and uh, to be the ones that really fight it out here, and, and that five through ten is is up for grabs right now. And and really, the AFC more than the NFC. The AFC feels like if you punch your ticket, anything can happen. The teams are flawed. The Ravens are the best team right now, but yeah, we've got them have moments about in the post and in the postseason. Yeah. They. Yeah. They, they've, they've been special. That's where the remember when the right. Bengals every year were getting to the playoffs and they'd lose, and it became a narrative, it became a thing, it became a pressure yeah. point. And that's what's going to happen when the sure. Ravens get to the playoffs. They're going to be faced with questions. Lamar Jackson is going to be one playoff yeah, game. Yeah, exactly. Right. Exactly. And, and now that we're into December, there's that question that's hovering of is he going to get injured again? So yeah. that's always going to be there. There isn't a team that feels like. Wow, they're head and shoulders above the rest in the AFC. Miami the NFC, has moments of that, but they haven't done it against so a, good team. a good team. I know, so that's where it's weird. Right? So right. it just has that sense, that vibe, that it's wide open. Yep. More wide open than the NFC because the NFC, it feels like 49ers, Cowboys, Eagles, and maybe it's just 49ers, 49ers, 49ers at this point. <laughs> we'll maybe. see. Yeah, Detroit might have something to say about that. I don't think so. I yeah. after no, we'll, yeah. we'll probably we'll talk, talk about, about it at some point. Yeah. We're going to take a break. Superlatives time, which is kind of a fancy way of saying we'll, we'll address some of these other games in an order that we'll determine during the break. We'll do that next year on PFT Live. There they are in Indianapolis, Gardner Minshew, cutting the rug. They love him. They loved him when he was the backup. They love him now that he's the starter. They love that they are winning, and they currently hold the seventh spot in the AFC at 7-5. and five. After what I think, I think back to when I was a kid, Game of the Week by NFL Films, Harry Callis narrated, there was always that one Game of the Week that they would break down. 30 minutes this would be the game this week back and forth ebbs and flows ups and downs craziness definitely storylines this is the smoke them if you got him award though because it all goes back to Gardner Minshew Gardner Minshew delivered when it mattered Gardner Minshew getting the ball down the field especially in overtime when they were down he finds Alec Pierce for the long pass that sets up the game winner that neat little kind of fake pick play where Michael Pittman Jr. cuts to the inside yeah, instead right. of to going through off, the pick right? there's yeah. the long pass to Alec Pierce that sets it up hand gets caught in the face Get mask at the end and again, this is the gotta Here's have it your drive. You're down three in overtime, and that's where Michael Pittman makes that cut to the inside. And they're trying to switch it off. Yeah. This is where Shane Steichen's special, Mike, because like he know he knew the like rules. Pittman was going to go out. Right. They're, so they're getting ready to trade him off, and he says, "Oh, okie doke." So you trade him off. You go, wait. Well, okay, I got the first guy inside. You got the first guy outside. Wait, what if both guys go inside? Right. That's kind of how you beat it there, and that was a great play. And you just shown Shane Steichen's you know ability to dial it up in big moments. Well. We've been talking about D'Amico Ryan's coach of the year. Shane Steichen's in the conversation now as well because he has taken a Colts team that was just mired in dysfunction. And, look, I mean, a couple of weeks ago, Jim Irsay had that Twitter thing, and he had the comment on the HBO Real Sports with Bryant Gumble, and the team just ignores that. I think the Colts organization for so long has figured out how to handle their business notwithstanding whatever periodic distractions might be created from the top of the organization, that they just take all this in stride. It's not going to slow them down. They've now won four in a row. And Gardner Minshew, Chris, 
he is earning a starting job next year somewhere. And not just the, oh, he's our starter until we draft someone. He's earning an opportunity to go somewhere and be the guy that a team gets behind, that a team believes in, that a team invests in. We've seen it enough. And oh, with the Jaguars, he had that. He had the two years. Yeah. But the team stunk yes, around right. him. Sure. Right. They stunk. Yeah. So you get him in a spot where the team around him doesn't stink, That's and right. he's learning, and he's growing, and he's improving. And the way he can galvanize a team and make it fun. If you can make this business of football fun for the players, that's a little thing that is an extra feather in your cap and makes you better and makes you more competitive. I've always been a believer in Gardner Minshew. We loved him when we met with him at the Super Bowl after his rookie year. I just feel like these teams need to accept the fact that, yeah, he's not your stereotypical quarterback. Yeah. But maybe that's what makes – him great. Uh, Maybe it's part of what makes him great. Sure. Yeah, there's an edge about him. There's something that guys go like, hey, I like this. He got some pizzazz. He believes in himself. He brings energy to our football team, right? You know, he leads us. He does the little things that quarterbacks need to do nonetheless, even though he's a little different than like he said for most quarterbacks. You know who should be looking at him? You you look at what the Seahawks are trying to do. Sure. Right. He played college football out there. They love him in Washington. I hear you. I hear you. throw him onto that team with Pete Carroll and the way he is. I know. Man. Well, like you said, he's a guy that's not going to take over a game and do that. But if you give him a system and some players around him, he can make the ball go up and down the field. He's certainly capable of that. The, the, his biggest you know, thing he'll have to overcome is he's not, like to your point, not going to wow people. So they're always going to go, well, we could probably find somebody bigger and faster and with a stronger arm, right? And that'll be the thing he continues to battle through through his career until it gets to a point where it goes, hey, I don't know. All he does is win football games and make plays for us. Let's stop trying to replace him. By the way, that game featured a pair of block punts, and the second block punt it was so, was so decisive awesome. it wasn't even a block punt. <laughs> it was amazing. Because the block happened before the punt. <laughs> right. That really was amazing. And that's the kind of thing that gets a special teams coordinator fired. Yeah. To have – this is the second one where the punt happens. guy comes in off the edge. Tony yeah. Brown comes in off the edge and sneaks through there. Watch this. Here he comes. And times it perfectly. From early in the yeah, game, on the, right? they did it on a field goal yes. or an extra point. But it goes in, and uh, I feel bad for Ryan Stonehouse. He got injured. That left leg got, got messed up, and it forced Ryan Tannehill to hold for an extra point. But it cost them the game. That was missed. Right. That kept them from winning the game in right. regulation. Right. And we, we got an unexpected tutorial yesterday from Jason Garrett on how to hold because he held for Morton Anderson one That's year. Right. He was telling us all of the various little eccentricities and proclivities of Morton Anderson. You don't spin it, you turn, turn it. And, right. and he wants a nice fat ball. Don't white knuckle it. Hold it just right. Yeah. And lean it away from you, not towards you. Just right. all these little things that Morton Anderson wanted. And if there's a seam, you put it behind and all the stuff that Morton Anderson wanted. But it is it is an art. It, I mean, Definitely. it looks – for the guys who know how to do it, it looks easy. Yeah, but it ain't but that easy. You, you tell a guy who hasn't done it in a right. while, go do it. It's it's not something that's going to be automatic. And we saw yesterday that, and he took the blame for it. Ryan Tannehill took the blame for a bad hold, and that caused the extra point to be missed, set the stage for overtime, and the Colts end up winning the game, and the Titans lose. All I, right, I think, give me well, one. I, I just want to hit up one more on that thing. The, the thing that's exciting about that game. The Colts have been run the ball on people and dominating. They couldn't run the ball against the Tennessee Titans team. You know, the Colts' defensive line have been playing really good here over the last month. They got absolutely annihilated by the Titans in the run game, right? You know, so uh, it was 
a different formula in which the Colts won. I think that's the exciting thing. And to your point with Gardner Minshew, they won it because of Gardner Minshew and his right arm and big throws to Michael Pittman Jr., big throws to Alec Pierce, and the special teams. The special teams you know, scoring two touchdowns for them, basically, uh, helped them win the football game. Um, and, and that was a big part. Of, I think one of them, they held them to the field goal, right? But either way, that block punt gave them the field goal, that second one, and, of course, hurt the punter, which uh, affected the extra point there either way. But Colts, with Shane Steichen coaching, that offense is dangerous, and that was an awesome win for them on the, ro- uh, the road. Uh, my superlative, I'm going to go um, prayers answered, okay? Prayers answered. Yeah, you know, they, they, they needed to get back on a winning streak. They weren't doing good. So what do you do? You go to a Saint and you go, hey, can we win a football game? And, hey, the Saints are like, sure. Hey, they we got Derek Carr, quarterback. Here you go. Okay. Now, I mean, the, the Lions, there's some good and bad to be talking about with this game altogether. First off, they came out flying high and just bring it to the Saints. It was a game that started out, and you were like, man, the Lions are hitting, and they look like they're playing faster than the Saints, and they're young guys. Jameer Gibbs. Big carries in the football game, explosive as hell. Sam Laporta, you don't see rookie tight ends coming to the league and just tear the league up the way he's doing quite often. I mean, coming from Iowa, you know, he was NFL ready. You know, I think that's the big thing you saw, and he is a he's a big part of this offense. And then if they can get this guy going, because Jamison Williams is one of those guys that when we were watching the viewing game, viewing room yesterday, when he takes off, he has a Tyree kill effect. Rocking you up go, his ass. You, you go, everybody in our room went, whoa, right? Because he moves at a speed that very few people in football do. They got to get him the ball more, certainly. But big win for the Lions. Jump out 21 to nothing. You know, defense makes some plays, give them the short field to go up 14 nothing there early on in the football game. But kind of lost momentum. The Saints started to pick them apart. Derek Carr, the run game got going. And then the fumble snap on the toss by by Derek Carr with the game being 27-21, you felt like, man, the Saints feel like they have the momentum here. Is Detroit going to be able to hang on? They get a short field. They score that the reverse to Jamison Williams and kind of put the Saints away going up 33-21. Good win for the uh, Lions on the road. Things I'm concerned about, though, still with their football Defense. team. Defense is Playing concerning. with their food, too. Playing with their food and their offense, as you saw yesterday, because we kind of talked about this last week. The Saints play man-to-man. And once they kind of got a feel for how they were being attacked, we saw Jared Goff in the past game all of a sudden go, wait, we, I can't find people open. I, we're not separating the same way. It's something I am a little concerned with with the Lions down the stretch. Well, hey, Goff had those six turnovers in two games, and that's something. I think there's That's why a they ceiling. got back to the run this yesterday. There's a ceiling on the Lions exactly. that, that oh. is going to come into play yeah, I hear you. in the postseason. I hear you. I they're they're going to go to Dallas or Philadelphia or San Francisco, and they're going to find out how far they have to go to become an elite team. Yeah. And the quarterback position is the thing that they're going to have to address. And yeah. I know, I'm sorry, Lions fans, but if you want to win a Super Bowl, you're going to have to upgrade. That's what the Rams did. They moved on from Jared Goff, and they got Matthew Stafford, your old quarterback, and that was the upgrade they needed to win a Super Bowl. And the Lions, you know, they're, they're so desperate to contend, and they've been desperate to contend. They're about to win the division for the first time in 30 years. Best record they've had in 60 years. But... It's one thing to be in the conversation. It's another thing to dominate the conversation, and that's where they, they've, just, they've got some things they've got to work on to get to where they want to be, and it may not be this year, maybe next year. Okay, uh, oh, mama, I'm in fear for my playoff life, the <laughs> Pittsburgh Steelers. Uh-oh. That may have been a disqualifying loss yesterday. Whoa. I, there was a time, 2016, the Vikings started 5-0, and and I do a thing every Tuesday or Wednesday with Paul Allen, who's the play-by-play guy sure. for the Vikings, and it's always glass half full. I'm always doom and gloom. 
You might be shocked. By no, that. you. But Doctor they, Doom. They lost after going five and zero. They lost to the Eagles, and then they lost a Monday night game to the Bears, who were horrible that year. Yeah. And I said, Paul, Paul, this is a disqualifying loss. If you can't win that game, right, you're not getting to the playoffs. And they finished eight and eight, and they didn't right. get to the playoffs. Right. I see that game yesterday. The Steelers losing at home as badly as they did. And you know, the key to the Steelers is get up two scores and they're yeah, done. Sure. You get up two scores and they're done. Right. And, yes, they lost Kenny Pickett. He's gone two to four weeks. So who do you turn to? Mitch Trubisky, Mason Rudolph, Ben Roethlisberger, Terry Bradshaw? I I just feel like that yesterday, when we get back to the end of the road and examine who got in and who didn't, this is what we're going to look at and say that's why the Steelers didn't make it. I, I, big moment here. Big moment in the season. You're, you're right about that, right? It felt like this is a perfect game for the Steelers. I mean, the Cardinals, they're not an offensive juggernaut. It just fits perfect. They'll win 17-14 or 17-13. go for it fourth and goal from the one. The play after figured, Pickett got hurt. And 99-yard drive by the Cardinals. That, that was the moment was the, the season shocker. went sideways. Agreed. Agreed. It, that was the shocker. Right, and then you had this to start the third quarter, or you know, a little bit into the third quarter. Fumbled snap, bad snap on the shotgun. It wasn't Mitch Trubisky's fault. Cardinals get it; they get the short field, and you know they struggled getting the end zone, but they finally got in there and two went up rain to delays. two scores. Two weather delays. Well, that's two lightning where, delays, Captain Planet. That's where I know. Where, right, you heard me during oh, the viewing room. I mean, no. it's December <laughs> and there's fucking lightning, lightning in, in, in no, Pittsburgh. God, no. Okay. Oh no! All right, everybody. Oh, the, sorry, got London. A little problem. Sorry, All everyone. Right? Little bit of an issue with the sorry, Earth's atmosphere. Sorry, sorry okay? Jupiter, when these, I mean, when these uh, radio waves Hey, we're going to Pittsburgh to in December. It's going to be freezing <laughs> cold and tough to play it's it. Lightning. Oh, actually, it's going to be tropical, and it's going to be a Caribbean rainstorm here. I mean, it's crazy. But either way, that's the one thing I'll just go a little wiggle room for your Steelers team, is that the weather delays hurt the Steelers' formula. That's the only thing I'll say. You know, they, they, you always talk about it. They whoop the crap out of you. They're, they out-hit you. It's the late third quarter, fourth quarter of, oh, man, can we keep going at this physical way with the Steelers like this? And they kind of just out-hit you, out-punch you, whatever, and wear you down. I think because of the two long breaks, basically three different halftimes in the football game, that played in the Cardinals' favor to not get worn down by the physicality of the Steelers. All right, so they're seven and five right now. Yeah. Thursday night they host the Patriots. Sorry, Bezos. Sorry, <laughs> they tried to give you a good schedule this week. Not so good. Patriots and Steelers. Then they're at the Colts on a Saturday afternoon. All of a sudden, that's a huge, a huge, huge game. Uh, for both teams, Bengals at the Seahawks and at the Ravens to finish the year. I don't think they're getting in. I, I don't think my favorite team is getting in. <laughs> yeah, they're your favorite team right that's now. That's what you said. <laughs> yeah, well, I know. They're, they're your favorite AFC team, that's for sure. I, it, it's going to be tough. It, it is. It's, it's hard to look at them and go, can they do this? Can they weather the storm without Kenny Pickett? We'll see. Uh, I know we got to go to a break. I had one more superlative. We'll get to, we'll get to we'll it. We'll hit it to we'll it, it later. To, yeah, okay, we'll get to good. it later. We got good. time allocated. We... Courtney has learned that on Mondays with us, you just kind of save gotta, a block gotta go for all the, the stuff we can't get to because no, we talk too much. That's why she's the best. She knows, yeah. All right, let's take and a break. this guy up over here. Uh, the, the Rams. The Rams. They'd be the other team other than the Texans. We'd go, the they're not Rams, going to the playoffs. That, they were the team in the NFC. Right. like, yeah, no they're for the Rams. Going. Yes for the Rams. More PFT Live right after this. Around any corner, within every battle, And with the dawn of each new day, the threat of the unexpected, the unpredictable, and the unrelenting lies in wait. But Marines will always be there. 
They are the constant in the chaos. No matter the battlefield, Marines adapt to win, defeating every shifting threat, protecting our nation's future. The few, the proud, the Marines. Have you ever brought your magic to Walt Disney World like, hey, we came to play? Did you tip your tiara to a Creole princess or get goofy officially? When we come through, it's true magic. Because we came to play at Walt Disney World Resort. Dogs are an important part of our lives, and keeping them protected is a top priority, especially against nasty parasites. That's why you got to check out NextGuard Plus, a Foxaloner, Moxidectin, and Pyrantal chewable tablets. NextGuard Plus Chews provide one-and-done monthly protection that kills fleas and ticks, prevents heartworm disease. Plus, it treats and controls roundworms and hookworms. That's a whole lot of protection packed into a delicious beef-flavored, soft chew designed to make monthly dosing easy and enjoyable. So the next time you're at the vet, ask about NextGuard Plus Chews. They're the one-and-done monthly parasite protection you want for your dog. Use with caution in dogs with a history of seizures or neurologic disorders. Dogs should be tested for existing heartworm infection prior to starting a preventive. It was some debate, but I think out of respect for their field goal block operation, we said, let's make sure we have great ball security, but if we can punch it in, um, you know, Kyron's on my fantasy team. It's a joke. It's a joke. I don't really mean that. All right, kidding. <laughs> that was pretty good. That was right up your alley well, right there. Well, you know, it's funny because remember they yeah. – they, they kicked the late meaning field, field goal, goal to cover the spread. Goal. Right, right. He's so, smart. He, yeah. did, he didn't mean to do that, but you know, he played into that one. Another cool. game where the losing team had 19 points yesterday, the Rams over the Browns. The Rams have won three in a row. Three and six becomes six and six. What? And all of a sudden, they're moving Oof. toward the postseason. They win. The Packers win. The Vikings were off. They were already six and six. The Seahawks losing, that hurt them. There's a cluster of 6-6 six and six teams in the NFC competing for a couple of playoff spots. And right now the Rams are on the outside looking in at number 8, but four teams with a 6-6 six and six record with five games left. Man. And who would have expected the Rams to be in the middle of this? And they're a team, Chris, that can be dangerous because of the experience they have and the coaching that they have. That's right. You've got Matthew Stafford if yep. he's healthy. Right. Aaron Donald. Right. Cooper Cup. Right. Puka Nakul. We thought Puka Nakul was done yesterday, and he's back. Man. He's walking off the field. Tordal's a hell of a drug. <laughs> he's walking off. It is. Yeah. I've been there and done that when I had my kidney <laughs> stunned. Right. But he's like, and it was like this long, slow walk. Like he's walking through I mean, the he day. Was he was like, so. Like, it took yeah, him forever to get to moving, the sideline. Unbelievable. Right. And right. he came back and played. But they keep those guys healthy. They can get there. And they're one of those teams that may have a curveball to throw at somebody. Yeah, well, how about, how about. Rams at Lions, mm. wild card. Oh, that would be how cool, about that? Right, Matthew Stafford going home, all that. Jared, Jared Goff. Goff, that would be great. That really would be. I, I can't say enough about the Rams and Sean McVay and what he's doing. Again, McVay deserves to be in the very top of the coach of the year conversation, right? Everybody tells me it's about what expectations were, and this team's exceeding expectations like crazy. All right, look at these two goats right here. Number one, number two, all-time leading scorers, Kareem and LeBron, NBA. Flacco played very good. I mean, for a guy that hasn't played football or done anything, to just come in and go, hey, week 13, I'll move the offense, you know, it was, it was you know, impressive. It was. That was his worst play of the game right there. You know, to throw that ball up in that moment into that coverage, right, that kind of made life tough 
on the Cleveland Browns from that point on, and that's where really the, the dam broke. And of course, this game was closer than 36 to 19, as you see right here. There's three minutes left, and it's 20 to 19. They score and put it away. But to your point, the grittiness, they have some guys that are holdovers from that Super Bowl team in the playoff run, so there's some battle tested aspects of the Rams. Their defense, you hear me talk about Raheem Morris every week. They're creative as hell. Where they're different in years past is they're big up front on defense. They've been a team that's been speed, right? Speed up front. Create chaos. They got some guys this year who can go, when they play the Browns, they can go, screw you Browns in your run game. We're going to hang right in here. We'll be right here. Let's see if you can move us. So they're a little different that way. And then Stafford, we've seen the protection get better for Stafford as the year's gone along. And if he's somewhat protected, he's going to carve you up. I don't care who you are. And I'm with you. You do not want to see the Rams and McVay and Stafford and Cooper Cup and Aaron Donald come to town, you know, if you're one of these wild card teams because they're not going to be afraid of the big moment of the playoffs and they're going to let it fly. And they're going to be a team that realizes, like, Nobody expected us to Got be here, to so we'll let it go. Most dangerous right. team in the exactly playoffs right. is a team that has nothing to lose. Exactly right. And you throw on top of it the team that is in playoff mode because they had to get hot down the yeah, stretch and, they've just and win and win and win mode. and win and right. win, and you just carry it in. Yeah. And they become the most dangerous when they win in the wild card round and then they play the one seed who didn't play in the wild card Ooh, right. round. You've and got all that extra momentum, yeah. and you've got nothing to lose, and they got everything already. to lose. Yeah. We, we spent – 18 weeks of the regular season, building ourselves into this spot where we have the number one seed and can all be gone. We've seen it happen. Yeah, right. It happens. It seems like, what, every year, every other year, a one seed loses in the divisional round? You get caught flat-footed by a hot team, and you, you have so much pressure on yourself because you got to justify that one seed, and it's all gone just like that. So uh, the Browns, disastrous West Coast swing, lost to the Broncos, lost to – the Rams went from seven and three to seven and five, and and now, now they got the Jaguars you got, you got, at home. You got to worry right? about the Browns and the Steelers not making it. One point, it looked like three teams, yeah, from the AFC North are getting in. Right now, it may just be one team. Yeah, it's it's the same story with the Browns and the Steelers. It's it's you know, is there enough of a passing game and a pass attack on the offensive side of the ball that is respectable enough or good enough? And keep them in football games, or like we saw yesterday, win a football game where their run game and defense can't dominate the day. And that's the big question, I think, about both of those football teams. Be interesting to see. Browns down the stretch. Jaguars, Bears, Texans, Jets, Bengals. Not easy. And as we know, the Browns, every game's going to kind of be close with the, what, the style of football they play. But the real story, again, is, is the Rams, like you were talking about. It's, it's amazing what they're doing. Puka Nakua, the big touchdown catch he had down the middle, showing speed that I didn't think he had. Right, And then the Rams, not only the protection of Matthew Stafford, but the last few weeks in the run game and start to move people in that aspect, you know, with Kyron Williams, you know, carrying the load there at running back, quite impressive there. Good for the Rams. Way to go, Sean McVay. Um, McVay had an opportunity to leave after yeah. they won the Super Bowl. That's right. They wanted him for the Amazon job, right. twenty million a year. Yeah. He said no. We both think he kind of wanted to leave, but the, no. he had too many people last that year. he kind of said, "Right, go ahead." Last year out. he was last year he was going to leave, right? Until he got the blowback internally. I think players were like, you said you were going to yeah, be here. I signed a contract. We're like, right. how are you going to leave Yeah, us? you right. don't want to upset Aaron Donald. Right. Not that I know for a fact that it was Aaron Donald, but my understanding is he was blown away. He completely underestimated the reaction to the perception that he was escaping a sinking ship. Yeah. So he re-ups. He right. comes back at a time when mentally he was done. He was ready to move on. He, the, 
if there would have been a $20 million a year seat in broadcasting for him, I still think he would have left. He would have dealt with the short term. They're mad at me, but see you later. My heart's not in it. Right. His heart's got to be back in it now. I, I, it definitely seems I don't like know what is. next year is going to be like for the Rams. Gosh. At some point, they're going to have to find a different quarterback. At some yeah. point, Matthew Stafford can't keep going. But you know what? Based on his contract, he's as long as he wants to play, he's there next year. Def- I, I, I would think so. And, I mean, we're not seeing any of the physical skills diminish. It's just about, you know, hey, you got to improve the team around him and protect him a little bit as he gets older here in his career. But – you know, you look at the Rams. They took this a year as of like, let's step back, let's save some money, let's get some young talent. Next year, they're going to be able to spend some money again, and they get a few splash players on both sides of the ball. I would think McVay would go, wait, I already weathered the hard part of the storm here. Now, you know, again, back to what I said earlier in the show, you you bear the fruits of your labor here. Next year, they have a chance to be a major player again back in the NFC play, uh, NFC you know, playoff picture, top tier picture, whatever you want to call it. There, uh, we'll see where it goes, but. Yeah, Sean McVay, the job he's done with this football team, uh, really, really awesome. Let's take a break. When we return, not awesome defense by the Washington Commanders for the second straight game, 45 points, fueled by the fact that they let Tyreek Hill run roughshod all over them. We'll discuss the Commanders, Dolphins, Super Bowl seven and 17 rematch. When wow. BFT Live continues right after this. A lot of Super Bowl yeah, you're right. this weekend. The Miami Dolphins are 9-3 and three for the first time Miami since 2001. Dolphins. I don't Miami remember them Dolphins. being 9-3 post-Marino. Well, 2000. Jay Fiedler, was yeah, he the quarterback could have been there? there. They had a few years there with him and that they were competitive, and you thought, ooh, wow, they could be a juggernaut a little bit. And then I feel like as the season went on, they kind of fall apart, and they're kind of like underwhelming the playoffs. They haven't won a playoff game in a very, very long time, and right now they're currently the one seed mm. in the AFC. They need to be the one seed. We've talked about that. You don't want to go on the road to Baltimore. Right. You don't want to go to Kansas City. That's you don't right. want to go to Buffalo. That's you want right. them to come to you in South Florida on that fast track. Even though it's grass, it's a fast track, and they are hard to beat at home. But there they are, just a little bit ahead on tiebreakers, the Baltimore Ravens as the one seed. And yesterday, 45-14, uh, 45-15, excuse me, if you're not going to cover Tyreek Hill, if you're not going to double him, and I understand the logic if we devote too many resources to this guy, it opens up the rest of yeah. their offense. Right. Let's just take our chances. And you know what? Sometimes when you double him, it doesn't matter. How many times this year have we seen him bracketed and he just runs right through it? Yeah, no, I, I mean, listen, it, it's, it's, it's stopping him is, is not really realistic. Just containing him. And that they didn't even contain him. In fact, you looked at it and you went, really? I mean, you're just going to let him have the free run of the mill and not even least, like, shade the safety over there? Right, scare Tua from maybe like going. Oh, there's somebody there. I don't want to really throw this up there. You know, I it was only five catches. I get that, but when every catch is a home run, five for one fifty-seven and two touchdowns. It's almost the Randy Moss Thanksgiving ninety-eight stat line. Uh, I'm I'm gonna say it. I said it last night. I said it on my podcast. The MVP of football is number ten in Miami. There's no question about it. If you break down, still the five year, weeks to play. I though. know, but as we stand here right now, and you're right, we'll see if he continues what he's doing right now. I don't think it's even a question. You know, I'm a little bit in like, let's just dissect wh- what we talk about on Monday and Sunday night the whole year. And really, other than one week the whole year, we're always on the pregame show or on this show going, Tyreek Hill, Tyreek Hill, oh my God, Tyreek Hill, Tyreek Hill, Tyreek Hill, Tyreek Hill. I mean, there's nobody in offense in football that is more valuable to their football team and makes their team different than what Tyreek Hill does for the Miami Dolphins and Tua and everybody. He takes them to a level that is 
It, it's special what we're watching. He's unguardable. Yep. Whether you put one, two, or three on him. Right. And the other thing he does, and it's so subtle, but it's real. Yeah. He adjusts the balls in a way that make the throw look perfect when the throw is not. He's great and at I, slowing I, I, down. Somebody's talking right? about stat that, that both of the two throws were. They perfect. said he was covered. Bullshit! <laughs> he <laughs> slowed down and right. adjusted enough that he became covered. Right. Let's show both of those again. And yeah. it's a subtle little nuanced thing, but you got to watch closely. He moves his body while running full speed just enough to adjust to a ball that wasn't completely on target. Look at this one. Just a little hitch. Just a little. Just but, I mean, a little. It's wide open. But and he's wide open. Yeah. He's not covered. But the reason he, you could say he was covered is because the ball was underthrown a yeah. little bit. But yeah. he, he just a little hitch. And this one here, he either he looked over the wrong shoulder no. or it was thrown over the it wrong was thrown shoulder. Over the, rewind that part there again because it, the, that he makes that look so easy. And that would be like, I mean, receivers I've thrown to in my life. First off, and go, it ain't that easy. He's running basically. First, watch it. It's a pop fly coming out of his hands. It's 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 basically a clear out go or post route that ends up being thrown to a corner route, and he just seamlessly turns over the older, other shoulder and runs and gets it. I mean. That, that's just it's it's not as easy as he makes it look when you're running that fast and going hey I want to catch the ball like this oh wait it's over here and I'll just boom and catch it and then I'll catch it and not break stride and run for the rest of the yards for a touchdown that's where it's it's out of this world good he made the turn tracked the ball right anybody that's ever tried to do this you're looking back this way over one shoulder and oh the ball's not there you completely turn your head around and you track the ball, and he took off just a little just bit. A little speed. So it, when yeah. it arrived, he was it's full right speed. Here, and, then he can and, go. and somebody said, well, no, Tua deliberately threw it that way because the safety was in the That safety had no freaking chance. <laughs> Tyreek was gone. Yeah. You hit him in stride over either shoulder, and it's a touchdown. And I don't think it was a mistake that after he caught it, he turned back and finished the route the way it was supposed to yeah, be run. Yeah, yeah, and yeah. the other thing about Tyreek, yeah. and he's, he's look, He's been around a while, and I think he understands the importance of not saying anything that's going to cause Tua to lose any of his confidence. He's been propping him up from the moment he got traded. Yes, he has. Most accurate quarterback in all of football. Yada, yada. He doesn't want to say anything. Still says he's the MVP. Yeah, I'm not the MVP. It's Tua. Right. I, look, he's he's playing this just right because there's nothing that's going to get Tua because Tua Tua hears that stuff, and we we know the stories from 2021, and you know it. You got to handle Tua a certain way, yeah. And Tyreek is handling him right. exactly the right, right way. Right, he's he's adding to the team's belief in Tua, right. And he doesn't want that to falter because as we talk about with any great team, when they have a great quarterback, they go onto the field for preparation for the week. They go, we can win because our quarterback's good. So he's not going to let that aura. Or- it's a very selfless, untireek yes. approach. Exactly. You it- wouldn't expect him to be that. No, one. you're exactly right. I mean, he's definitely a, more of a leader and, you know, for lack of a better way to say it, maybe just more mature since he came over to the Miami Dolphins, but blown away. And then the Dolphins, I know they haven't beat a real quality team the whole year. But their defense continues to get better, right? You know, that's the one thing we see here. And, and it stinks they lost Jalen Phillips in that Black Friday game. But, damn, then you saw Andrew Van Ginkle. He kind of fills into that role. 
he gets pressure on the quarterback, you know, gets the interception return on the little screen pass. Sam Howell tries to throw to the receiver out there. He sticks his hands up, goes and gets it, right? You know, they make so many plays. They're dangerous on both sides of the ball. That's what that's where the Miami Dolphins are are gonna be a handful and, and it's only a matter of time before they beat one of these good teams because they're one of the better teams in football. I don't care what you say, but again, in a year where it's weird and there's no quarterback taking this conversation by the reins or the horns or however you want to say it, we are watching a special, special season by one of the most special weapons we have ever seen, and the door is open for the first time ever for non-quarterback on the best team to get the MVP and give it to the actual MVP here in Tyree Kill, who is you know, the main reason the Dolphins' offense is breaking records. And for the first time ever, a receiver as the MVP. Two defensive players have won it. Yeah. You know who and when. Right. Alan Page in 71. Lawrence Taylor in 86. Taylor in 86 yep. And a kicker won it, Mark Mosley in 1982. Amazing. No receiver right. has ever won it because when a receiver has a great year, the quarterback gets, gets the, credit. the credit. And Chris... I think that's going to happen here. Yeah. There's going to be voters who give the credit to Tua sure. and don't understand yeah. that Tyreek is the guy who's now truly he, the most yeah. valuable player. We're yeah. going to take a break. More PFT Live right after this. The Chargers and the Patriots. Wait till you see this highlight package. Well, this is like are the there highlights? Show. Well, hey, look at this. Woo! Woo! Bailey Zappi got the start. Derwin James. This is the last play of the game. The game's over. That's all the highlights Six of the nothing. game. Good night. That's See it. Six nothing. <laughs> the Patriots are the first team since the 1938 Chicago Cardinals to allow ten or fewer points in three straight games and lose every <laughs> one of them. <laughs> the Patriots are amazing. ass right now. And you get to watch them on Thursday night play the Pittsburgh Steelers. Bill Belichick was asked after the game whether he wants to continue to coach the Patriots. The after defense the season. will keep him in that Thursday night. I'm focused on. I'm focused on the Cincinnati. The, the, oh. I'm on to Cincinnati. <laughs> I'm on to the Steelers. I'm on to whoever. Yeah. But uh, they're on to Cincinnati, and maybe he will. Well, not Cincinnati. Who's going to want him at this point? That's the way he's handled this quarterback thing. Like, how do you, as an owner, yeah. sell him to your fan base? Right. I don't think you I can agree. make that. That, and you've already got the Panthers. Oh, we're looking for an offensive coach. Like, don't even think about Bill Belichick coming to Carolina. We're looking for an offensive coach. And you just wonder who's out there. The Buccaneers, I think, are one team that would do it. Does he want to follow Tom Brady's footsteps? Right. Does he want to follow the Tom Brady I career path? You're just going to hear more so, of like, right. well, Brady took him to the Super Bowl. You can't get him to the Super Bowl? Washington right. continues to be the one that makes the most sense if Woo. that's what Josh Harris wants to do. I'm with you. I don't know what you would sell to your fan base. I, listen, you know me. I, I think the world of Bill Belichick. He's the greatest coach I've ever seen in any sport. He is. But it doesn't mean he's the greatest right now. Okay? And, yeah, there's a lot of things to question over the last two to three years and decisions, team building, right? The way he handles himself in front of the microphone. It's hard to sell there right and it's it's the yeah the quarterback situation the offensive coordinator situation all of that he's plus 70 years old you know that that to me is not good selling points to any fan base right there that's going to get them excited and the challenge is this chris what guardrails do you put on bill belichick the gm because bill belichick the gm is not good bill belichick the coach is great and for years bill belichick the coach was making up for the deficiencies of bill belichick the gm how do you get him happy with an arrangement where you say You'll be the coach, but yeah. somebody else yeah. 
is going to be calling the shots on personnel, or you got to bring back Scott Pioli. Right. We got to get Nick Casario. Like you got to have a guy that we you, we know you like and you trust a little bit, but he gets to run that part of the show, and you got to coach the football yeah. team. That would be something yeah, that, that I would imagine. You know, I, I would want to do. I wouldn't want to let him have free reign at this point of his career. But hey, the defense respectable as we know. I mean, Justin Herbert and company they couldn't do jack diddly squat, right? You know, the the Patriots did run the ball. It was a shame Ramondre Stevenson got hurt. They were driving on the first drive of the football game, and he got caught underneath a pile and fumbled. Hip it drop and basically hip, hip drop. drop again. Exactly right, right? But yeah, ultimately, I mean. They look like an offense that puts on the leather helmets in 1908 and goes out there and goes, wait, there's, there's a forward pass in the game now? I mean, that's what it is. It's a disaster. I can't believe we're seeing it with the Patriots. Some of the stuff that I become aware of is stuff I'm specifically looking for. I wasn't even looking for it yesterday, and someone volunteered to me. The hip drop is on the endangered species. It has They're to be. very concerned about it. The injuries that are happening, the games being missed, the serious nature of the injuries, and you can spot it. You can spot it. It's you can the grab, spot it's it. rotation, and pull to the ground. you got to spot it, and I'm going to say what I've been saying for three years, and you've heard me say this. Defenders might not be able to wear gloves anymore. The fact that they can hang on no matter what and nobody falls off, and we see guys do actual pull-ups on another human being and swing their legs then so they can drop their body weight onto the other guy's legs. Yeah, it's got to be taken out. It's too dangerous. I don't fault defensive players for doing it. I would do it gotta too. Got to get the guy to the gotta ground. Got to get the guy to the ground. But again, this is an adjustment that can be made to make it safer for everybody. All right, we'll take a break. Our 32nd, maybe 42nd, Monday Night Preview. Bengals Jaguars next here on PFT Live. Monday Night Football, Bengals and the Jaguars getting together in Jacksonville. No Joe Burrow, Jake Browning, Travis Etienne's questionable. He's expected to play. Anything can happen. Yeah. It's football. It's on TV. We're getting to the stage of the season where you better enjoy the games while you can because we're going to miss them when they're gone, even Patriots-Steelers on Thursday night. So we'll both be <laughs> watching. Sure we're going to miss that one? <laughs> yeah. We'll both be watching. Yeah, yeah well, we will. I told, I told my son, you know what, because we watch the games in the barn together, maybe one night this week we'll like watch a Christmas movie and have the game on the second screen. Yeah, right. maybe, maybe the game doesn't justify full screen, full sound treatment. you got to give the game full. you got Tuesday and Wednesday to watch some Christmas movie. Do it then, okay? I know you're going to watch Bad Santa. You always love to watch that. It's your favorite one. You're going to watch that anyways. I know what you're going to do. You just don't yeah. want me to enjoy Christmas time because your Saturday was derailed by your, My your, damn your teenage surly kids. teenagers. Yeah, <laughs> damn kids, definitely. But I, I, tonight, hey, I think the thing to look at, the Jaguars, right? We both think they're a high-quality football team that can make a major run in the AFC, right? Super Bowl caliber football team. They woke up after getting punched in the mouth by the 49ers. We've seen a different team, right? The Bengals, do they have enough offense with Browning at quarterback? I just don't think so. The, and the I key the is the Jaguars got a taste of what it takes to be great. Right. We'll see if they can keep it up yeah. tonight. Enjoy the game. See you tomorrow. See ya. Dogs are an important part of our lives, and keeping them protected is a top priority, especially against nasty parasites. That's why you got to check out NextGuard Plus, a Foxaloner, Moxidectin, and Pyrantal chewable tablets. NextGuard Plus chews provide one-and-done monthly protection that kills fleas and ticks, prevents heartworm disease. Plus, it treats and controls roundworms and hookworms. That's a whole lot of protection packed into a delicious beef-flavored, soft chew designed to make monthly dosing easy and enjoyable. So the next time you're at the vet, ask about NextGuard Plus Chews. 
They're the one-and-done monthly parasite protection you want for your dog. Use with caution in dogs with a history of seizures or neurologic disorders. Dogs should be tested for existing heartworm infection prior to starting a preventive. The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand.